So welcome to another episode of Thrive. Today my guest is Paul Bogue, a user experience consultant, author, speaker, and coach. He's based in Dorset, England. He helps nonprofits and enterprises to really refocus the user experience and engagement for their digitally savvy audiences. Um, today, we're actually going to get into identifying and communicating your value to others. And we'll do that in the context of agencies, but I think that that can also really be applied to then our clients and honestly, sometimes in our personal lives as well. Um, so. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for the conversation. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I always uh, like catching up with other people that work in a similar field and are facing similar challenges. That so should be a good one. Yeah. So I think you and I agree uh, for sure that, uh, well, let me give a little context first. The reason how or how we got connected was I have a coaching client who had received an email from you that was, uh, I think it might've even been titled, do you know and communicate your value or something along those lines? And he forwarded it to me and said, it seems like you wrote this and Paul just put it out. <laughs> so I was like, well, then I have to meet Paul, obviously. So, um, so I can say that I know that you and I agree that most agencies um, have a lot of difficulty being able to identify what their actual value is let alone communicate mm. it, right? Because you've got to have one before the other. Mm. So what are the inherent issues from a business standpoint in letting this issue just completely linger unresolved? I think um, a lot of it is built out of um, where people started in their careers. That um, if you're running a, a, any kind of creative agency, um, you know, you began by producing assets, right? So that might be a website, might be a brochure, it might be whatever. You produce something, something tangible, okay? So we see our value inherently as being in the deliverable, in what it is that we deliver. Um, but in truth, that is not the whole or even the main part of what value we provide, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know the kind of agencies that you deal with or the breadth of agencies, but typically the kind of agencies that I'm working with are web design agencies. Mm -hmm. And these people think that they produce websites, right? But here's the thing. Producing websites is a commodity. It's easy. Anyone can do it. That's the whole point of HTML is that it's easy to write. And it's even easier today than it was 10 years ago because now there are these amazing tools. That you don't do even need to know you. HTML anymore. No, no, absolutely. So, so you can just use your Squarespace or your Webflow or whatever tool it is that, um, to build these things. So uh, as a result, that's not where the skill is. That's not where the expertise is. The expertise, the value is what's in our heads. It's our knowledge and our understanding of what makes a design compelling, what makes a piece of copy persuasive, you know, what, um, what makes performance particularly important on a website or security or whatever else. So it's understanding that the value is in our knowledge, not in our deliverables. Right, right. Um, and you argue that we should not only uh, not feel guilty about following these so-called best practices, right? But um, we should value our role 
right? We should, mm. we should value our role more because we're providing, what we're providing is so much more valuable. Um, it's in the knowledge, it's in the experience behind influencing right, these other services. And all of that really, if you, if you boil it down, it comes down to empathy, right? Mm. Like the experience, the understanding of other people's perspective, wrapping all of that together, it's really um, a, a solid understanding and utilization of empathy. So mm -hmm. I think that's really important because I don't think a lot of um, a lot of agencies really focus on that understanding that part of their value is derived in their their practice of empathy. Yeah, but here's the ironic thing: is that that a lot of those agencies will understand themselves that um, they empathize, and it's their being able to get into the minds of users is is the key to their success. They understand that for themselves. Um, but, and they, they want to do that all the time with their end users, but they never apply that same methodology to their clients. Right. They never say, what is it that the client values from me? What, you know, do, do I, you know, as, as I attempt to empathize with the client, you know, what's, what's the, the value that I'm providing at the end of the day for the client? Is it just the website or is it the reassurance? the reassurance that they're heading in the right direction is it the reassurance or is it that what's their motivation maybe they want to get their next pay rise at the end of the year and so you need to deliver by the end of the year even if that's an arbitrary deadline because they're you know so understanding right. how our clients think is just as important as understanding our end users and i don't think a lot of agencies put the same effort into understanding their clients as they do their users, at least not in my experience. Right. Absolutely. Um, so can you give actually a couple of examples of what that effective value communication looks like in maybe some of the, the in-house teams or, or other clients that you've worked with? Like, where did they start? And then what, what does that effective value communication look like? For me, it's... Um, one of the best ways of communicating your value um, is to educate, is to share and to educate. So one of the things that I encounter a lot, because I work with in-house teams as well as working with agencies. And what I encounter a lot with in-house teams is that they, they effectively are seen as a, a support service, right? Because they're often born out of IT, for example. Okay. And so the result of all of that is that you know, people come to them with an idea, they're expected to go away and implement that idea. They're not there to have ideas of their own, perish the thought, you know? Um, and the same is true with agencies, actually. You know, you go to an agency, and you, you, you know, you expect them to deliver on your brief. But actually, um, in order to shift that relationship to one where people come to you with a problem rather than a solution, and they look to you to help solve that solution. That is really about um, education and communication. It's about um, starting that kind of dialogue and conversation with clients. So what I often do within organizations is I get those, those internal teams to share better their best practice right? Mm. So get better at, at explaining, look, this is my process. This is how we do things to get to a final solution. Because having a process and a framework makes it sound like you're not just making up stuff as you go along. And, and, that is, and isn't that the thing that most people think when they hire an agency, right? Like yeah. they start working and they're like, oh, these people don't know what they're doing. They're just making it up as they go along. 
And right. that's especially, especially true with creative stuff. Right. Oh, yes, they go and have an artistic muse in a corner and, and spout out a load of, you know, um, artistic stuff, right? Yeah. So it, it's our job to educate them that there is a process, there is a methodology behind right. what we do. And as they see that methodology and as they come to understand that methodology, they understand the depth and complexity behind what we do. The problem is, is a lot of us within the creative industry don't fully understand why we do what we do, right? <laughs> so, so a great example of that is white space in design, right? Mm. Every designer knows that white space is a really important part of, of creating a design. And of course, clients come along and want to fill that white space. And Make we my go, logo bigger. Why are you yeah, leaving yeah. so much room? <laughs> yeah. And, and we all go, no, you can't do that. I'm the designer. Well, that's not a good reason. That's not educating the client. Right. So first of all, we need to understand why white space is important. And that means maybe um, understanding a little bit about cognitive load and, uh, uh, and the psychology behind these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. and then we can communicate better to the client. So it's a combination of having a methodology, better communication, understanding what we do and why we do it. Um, and why that leads to success. Right. So it's really, uh, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say a lot of the times, a lot of the problems we have with clients comes down to their lack of confidence in us. Mm -hmm. um, and that lack of confidence ultimately comes because we are very poor at explaining what we do and why we do it. Right, right. So it's almost like in order to communicate our value, the very first step is actually not communicating the value, but actually understanding, turning that lens on ourselves, yeah. and understanding what we do, documenting that, and then diving a little bit deeper to understand why we do it, then producing some content about why we do it, sharing that with the client, then we can speak to our value. So this is, uh, I mean, you're sort of making the case for what you do, right? Just through this yeah. conversation. Helping, yeah. helping them with that framework and, and, and all of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's so much to this, and this is the big component. Let's, let's call this a four- or five-step process. Um, there's so much meat to this, and this is literally the four or five steps that very few agencies, whether they're external, independent, or in-house, um, they just gloss over this. And, and hmm. I think, you know, for... 2020, right? This is our year of vision. Um, we have to stop glossing over this. Absolutely. And I think well, you said something really interesting there is that we've got to document this stuff and we've got to have it written down. And I find that that is extremely important for setting expectations with clients. So, so, you know, as you go into a new client engagement, if you can provide them a set of documentation that says, this is what is going to happen, this is the order that things are going to happen in. And this is why each of those things are going to happen. That is so reassuring for the client. And it also establishes you as the expert, right? Uh, in the partnership. Yeah. But also there's another thing which relates to that is, let's say, say um, we went into a, a meeting and I presented a design to you and you turned around and you said, um, make my logo bigger, right? And I would my never do that to you, Paul. No. <laughs> I know, I know you wouldn't, but it happens. You're being a hypothetical client in this situation. I know. Now, I might now come back with a good reason as to why you shouldn't make the logo bigger. But there's two other things that are happening there. One, first of all, um, 
I sound like I'm just BSing you at this mm. point, right? That I'm just making up reasons. Two, you've already put your stake in the ground as the client and said, this is what I want, right? So it's hard for you to back down now. Right. However, if before you ever said that, I'd given you a nice little cheat sheet on why white space is important, right? And negative space is important within the design. And I've said, you know, I preempted that issue. A, it doesn't sound like I'm making up things as I go along. And B, you have an opportunity to back down before you actually say anything and lose mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm all in favor of education, client education and setting those expectations up front. Um, whether it's a cheat sheet, whether it's a blog post, whether it's a video, hmm. whether it's a podcast, I think sh creating this content in ways in which um, the client can feel like they're a part of the conversation as mm. opposed to being spoken to. Mm -hmm. um, part of them wants the education, but part of them wants to also feel a little bit like the equal, right? So yeah. in those meetings, like you're discussing, there's a little bit of a power struggle that happens, especially yeah. if it's early on in the relationship. You know, I'm trying to, as the agency, I'm trying to establish my, my expertise, my value, all of that. And as the client, I want to remind you that I'm paying the bill and you're pretty much, I have the last say. So yeah. there's that weird balance that we have to achieve and, and get to a place where ultimately this comes down to trust, right? Yeah. Like I trust that, and this is a good segue sort of for my next question, um, which is that we need to understand that value is a two-way street. And this was mm -hmm. a, a huge takeaway from the article um, that Lou had passed over to me. Uh, for me, this comes down to two things, which might sound really strange in the context of business, but I think that the two things that it comes down to for me are love and respect. So respect is easy, right? Like, I respect that uh, as the client, I respect that you're the, the agency with the expertise. That's why I'm hiring you. And mm -hmm. as the agency, and I hope everybody's really paying attention to this, as the agency, I have to respect the client. Mm. I have to respect that they know their industry, their organization, and the nuances of all of that so well. They know it much better than I do because they do it every single day, whatever the service or product is. And that that having that level of respect gives them the opportunity to communicate that to me as the agency so that I can do a better job. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's point number one. And then um, I think it also just comes down to having a little bit more love for each other. Right. I think that we, we, we don't like to talk about sort of squishy things in business, but at the end of the day, we're just humans interacting with one another. We're just humans mm. communicating with one another. And we all, are sort of built from sort of the same mold for the most part, right? We all come to the table with different baggage and triggers and all these things. But at the end of the day, if I feel respected and appreciated um, and we come to the table trusting one another or at least willing to trust one another, we're going to get a lot further, you know? But you see, that's the problem I often see with agencies. And that was that... going to be my question is what, what is that? What, what are those, those barriers to this? Yeah. Uh, so many agencies don't trust clients. Yeah. They don't, they don't trust um, them clients to be involved in the design process. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, they're constantly 
limiting the client's involvement. We're not going to show you anything until this point. And then you're going to get a controlled choice, right? And then after that, you'll get X number of iterations and that's all. And then you have to sign in blood, right? <laughs> that you're happy with the design. Right. Now, all that does is undermine the relationship and it builds up each of those decision points to this phenomenal level where, oh, I've got sign in blood. That means I have to be happy. I have to think this thing is perfect, right? Okay. And so it becomes this power struggle. While instead, and also, you're completely excluding all that expertise that the client brings to the, to the table, 100%. right? 100%. So instead, if you actively involve them, I involve my clients at every stage. You know, we, we agree on keywords together that the brand needs to communicate. We're, we do collaborative mood boarding. We do collaborative wireframe production. They're involved in absolutely every step of it. And when it comes to presenting them the final design, there's no surprises because they were involved in creating it. It's not just the natural evolution. Right. So I almost never have to do iterations of designs. And I certainly don't have to do multiple versions of a design because I created that design in tandem with them. Right. And best of all, they then feel a sense of ownership over the design. So they're certainly not going to reject it and they're going to defend it internally. Mm -hmm. You know, so... And also, I never ask clients to uh, sign off on a design either. I simply just keep evolving it, keep producing it uh, as I build the website, accepting that there will be changes and tweaks. It's better than getting stuck in that endless cycle of, of um, you know, iterations, yeah. um, which goes nowhere. So the more you can draw the client into the process, the more it establishes the relationship as peers working together, which is what you ultimately are trying to achieve. Yeah. What's interesting, what comes up for me, and I can already, um, even though this conversation is just between the two of us, I can already hear agency leaders hear writing it. in and saying, that sounds great in theory. How would I bill for that? Because if I'm expected to iterate with the client and have this collaborative relationship and it takes double the, triple the amount of time that I was yeah. originally scoping for, how would I make any money on that? And, and you do. I, I know what you you're so going to say, so go ahead, go ahead. All right. Uh, uh, this is the most common question I get asked of okay, whenever I talk like, like this. Do you know what? It won't take any longer. I know. The reason it won't take any longer is, yes, the actual production will be longer of the initial design but you won't have any of that endless iteration and it's the iteration that kills you right that's where that's where you lose money is on the iteration and that is completely unpredictable right you have no idea how many times you might have to iterate and tweak and change the design before the client's going to be happy yeah. right while this, you know, where you know you're going to do a, a mood boarding exercise, you're going to do a wireframing exercise and whatever else. I, I talk about this on my blog if people are interested. But, um, you know, that is predictable. I know that that's going to take a certain amount of time. Well, you can be stuck in iteration hell for weeks mm -hmm. if you're not careful. Yep. So it's, it's the predictability that makes it work. Because what we do is we, we, we submit proposals, right? On the best case scenario. Oh, yes. Yeah, so there's probably going to be one round of iteration. <laughs> Ru rubbish. That never happens, you know? So actually, it, it works out more economical to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so as we start to wrap up here, what would you say is the top piece of advice that you'd give to agency leaders um, who are trying to figure out how to identify their value and then communicate it? Mm. Talk about outcomes um, and not just deliverables. So what I mean by that is um, talk about the business benefit, what you do provides, not just what you're delivering. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about deliverables, of course. They want to know what they're going to get, right? But, but I, you know, when I produce a proposal for my, my clients, sure, I outline what I'm going to deliver, but I also outline what, that deliverable, what I anticipate that deliverable may be able to provide for them as an organization in terms of, well, let's take a, take a standard sales website, you know, increases in conversion, reduction in, in marketing spend, more repeat business, da 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 da, da right? So focus on the business benefits because that is where your value lies, not in pushing some pixels around. Right. Because then you get out of that commodity loop and there's less client attrition because they see the value. Yeah. You're, you know, it's definitely, I always say the same thing. It's always more so about benefits over features, benefits Mm. being what we're, what our expertise is features being the thing that comes out of the relationship, yeah. which is the deliverable. So, I mean, the only, the only thing that I, again, now I've got the, uh, the people's voices going around yeah, in my head. Yeah. The only thing that, that I think people worry about is, well, how do I know what the benefits are going to be? Right. And you don't, right. Well, but you historical, don't. historical data or historical experience or anecdotes. Yeah. Give you a sense of, Hey, for a project similar to this, with a yeah. client similar in yeah. your industry, this is what they achieved. So you can draw on that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and there are variables involved, which is why, so for example, I always soften it a little bit in my proposals by, by saying things like, together we can deliver, right? Rather than I'm going to deliver these business benefits, right. I talk about both of us. Right. So, it, it, you know, because they've got, if they don't play their part, then it's going to be rubbish. You know, yeah. you're not going to see those benefits. So you can do things to soften it if you need to a little bit for your own state of mind. Yeah. Paul, this is a great discussion. Um, I've had so much fun. Uh, we are so aligned in the way that we're thinking and, and talking about this. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today and hope to talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.